Welcome to the movie musical marathon with your hosts, David and Andrew. Hi. <laughs> um, we've just finished watching Hercules and I'm so glad that we watched it partly because it hasn't been translated into a, a live action movie by Disney yet. Mm. Would you be interested in a live action? Absolutely. Why? Because it's so cool. I mean, quite frankly, first I'd like to see it on stage. <laughs> <laughs> um, why would you like to see it on stage and what would have to change in order for it to work on stage? Uh, well, actually, not a lot, I think, would have to change. It's uh, It's got just great characterization, great music, obviously. Um, nice, simple story. Yeah, all, all the ingredients that it, it needs. Mm. Mm. Except, um, first point of the podcast, I don't think it's a very musical movie. I think it's more movie than musical. I don't think that the songs... I think that the songs kind of progressed the plot but a lot of the time the songs weren't very plot progressing in the same way that the songs in Beauty and the Beast were I don't know I don't know maybe not what do you think no disagree okay no I think the songs were actually really important because even like like Meg's song you know no um, I could tell with Meg's song yeah but only in terms of like changing her motivation or helping us see mm, that yeah 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 so no I, I definitely think the songs um <laughs> Apart, well, well, apart the, from Zero to Hero. Well, no, um, a lot of the songs, the muses were actually, if they weren't singing, they were in the background. And they were basically telling the story. They were filling in the gaps that we needed. If anything, they were the reason that this could be done on stage because or all the background, uh, this you know, spectacular stuff, the supernatural right. stuff, they were telling us about so we didn't have to mm. um, you know, create it visually. So... Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and also with the Phil's song, One Last Hope, it makes sense, but it is also the training montage song. And so I think that the tropes of the soundtrack of a normal movie fit the songs mm -hmm. actually more than the, the tropes of a musical. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but in order for it to be more like a musical, a normal musical, I should say, what would change? How could we stage this? No, would would you add songs? Would I add songs? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's some uh, definitely potential for more songs in there. There could be... I'd love to hear a ballad from, from Zeus and Hera, you know, a lament. You could develop the minor characters. You could develop um, their earthly parents. Mm -hmm. A duet with uh, Pain and Panic. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think there's definitely room for music. I'd, I'd probably cut Pegasus. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think that if you were to stage this as a musical, it would work 100%. It would be relatively simple to, to adapt for the stage because you've got those fun pain and panic, you know, duet um, comedy thing. You've got heart. And I think that one of the themes that could be developed musically as well as thematically and in the plot and in the dialogue is the idea of um, training. And so you've got Hercules has five parental figures mm. and he has other influences what I, what i think this movie is about is you know raising a kid how mm. to make a kid be a good adult right so so helping him not turn out to be a scumbag or selfish or mm. you know and so that what they want for their child is for him to be selfless um, and caring for others. And, and he naturally is like that in the start. And so you, you've got that 
desire in the parents just for him to not hurt anybody and he keeps on hurting <laughs> right. people right accidentally yeah. right uh, and then he's got the desire from um, Phil to be a real hero and he's got the desire from his parents mm. to be a true hero mm. and so all of them are pressing towards something and it's so elusive for Hercules, and so, but but um, anyway, that that's a rabbit trail well, I won't his, include his, in the podcast. His but. wise song that you know we talk about has every every movie has a, a wise song for the hero. His one was just to belong. Yeah, you know, I can go the distance, and so that I can belong. Mm. Um, and, I want to please like, my parents. Yeah, and and like the true MacGuffin, once once he finds it, he finds. Yeah, now that I've got it, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he, he finds a, an alternative to that. And yeah. I think that that plays into the Western idolatry of romance. Whether or not it's idolising romance is besides the point. What, it, what he was doing was finding a place where he belonged and so he could find that on Mount Olympus, but he found a greater sense of it with a person to love. Yeah, I mean, obviously he found it in Thebes and then he went to, uh, you know, he found a place where he could belong. They all loved him and so went to back to Zeus and said, hey, I've done it, I'm a hero, make me immortal. And, of course, that didn't happen. And then he got to, you know, Olympus, yay, now I'm finally home, I feel like I belong, and then, yeah, no. So it was really, um, obviously, his character arc was not so much finding as deciding or even making his own place. Yep, 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 yep. Also, deciding what is worth living for, you know? Hmm. Is it is it worth living for glory? Is it worth living for fame? Is it worth living for a place in your family or a living with your family or immortality or power or godlike status mm. or caring for someone that is worth more? That's a life worth living. Yeah, and it also relates to your idea about raising a child. The wanting to belong and to, to please the family or to be with the family, yeah, it's an important part of, and a part we can't escape from being a children of our parents, but being an adult is more than that in the Western mindset. Mm. Yeah. And that he actually had to decide, he had to you know, start his own family, mm. decide who he wants to um, have included mm. in that. Yeah, and so... Because he had reached his goals and found his place in the family and where he belonged, then he had grown up. Mm. And then he could make an adult choice, mm. a grown-up choice about what he wanted, as you say, with the rest of his life. Mm. So, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, so such deep stuff that you can... Uh, deep personal things mm. that can easily uh, be expressed through song or, in fact, could best be expressed through song. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think that this could be adapted into a musical with more songs in it is because there are such deep themes that could be explored in the song. But what they did was they went for the cartoon genre mm. uh, and they, they made it very much like Aladdin and in mm. that it was mm. not only in the plot beats and structure mm. and, and the, the, the tone of mm. each plot beat yep. but also in the, uh, the humour mm. going throughout the entire piece. Mm. Now, obviously, with a live-action movie or a, a stage adaptation, you simply just change the style of humour to work in each uh, medium. Now, one comment I think that can work, why this would work as a live-action movie, is that it makes the violence less cartoony and more dangerous. And so the stunts 
that Hercules can pull can really set you on the edge of your seat because mm. there's, there's real stakes. Mm. It's it's like an action movie is, is is a lot different to a cartoon, you know? Is there anything else that you think yeah. can be improved or, or changed or, or with yeah. a live action? Yeah, I, I think the live action will obviously make it more um, obviously realistic, but but also personal. Mm. Um, like, I would love to, to, for if there was a live action movie or stage show of this, I'd love to have a song from Hercules once he had reached the hero status in Thebes and and to sing about his mm. disillusionment in that mm. um, and that he still had this empty hole that he still didn't know what it was for. He still um, found that um, he's got glory but isn't actually what he was after. Mm. I'd love that to be a duet with Meg and that'd be interesting. And then they share that moment, and then Herc is pulled away, and then Meg sings her song of, oh, no, I won't do it, and then, no, okay, I'll, I'll do it. But th- adding these songs, which is, is really interesting, is just changing each moment. And I think that's something I'd just like to comment on in terms of it being a musical or a musical movie, um, is that they, d- they didn't... Mm make the plot beats happen through the music, right? Mm. And I think that was just the style that, the, because they didn't have Howard Ashman on this piece, mm. they didn't have a lyricist or a Broadway lyricist be the be a kind of director. And I think it, it, it showed. But it's not necessarily a bad thing, but if you wanted to make it more Broadway, you would have the Olympus party be a song, you know, yeah. instead of being a scene in the middle of a song, mm. the song, The Gospel Truth. Yeah. Again, what was missing from Aladdin is missing in this one, and that is a villain's song. Yeah. Um, and I think if adapted for a stage or movie, that would be an essential element. I don't think it would destroy the the menace mm. or the evil or the intent or the character of um, the villain in this piece mm. to actually sing a song, you know, gloating mm. or... Um, you know, outlaying his plans for mm. what he's going to do mm. and, and all that sort of thing. Especially because he is such a cartoony villain, so it makes sense for him to sing a song, mm. right? Um, his his character would sing a song. Mm. That's It feels natural for, mm. for that. Um, but the other thing is that the I think one of the reasons why he didn't sing that song was because that's not, uh, in, this, in this version of it, it's not, that's not his type of character to be uh, a super menace. He's he is a very funny, and I'm not sure what um, ethnicity or anything they're mm. going for there, but he's he's a very funny character, uh, witty, talking very fast, mm. rather than a big brutal baddie or even a conniving baddie. He's he's like a, a salesman. Well, he know? talks he talks business language. He talks about his hostile takeover. He talks about he's working in real estate and and all these um, sort of business terms. And that's how he's saying it. He's talking about deals that he's making and so on. If Hades had his own theme, his own leitmotif, and that carried on, or like the leitmotif of deception, and then that carries throughout each moment of deception throughout the piece, and then you can even hint at that before the main characters or the plot beats have actually explained to you that there is a deception going on here, if the music plays, mm. you know? Yeah. It's, uh, and so the music plays, and then you think, oh no, this is a deception. And then, of course, it's revealed to be... Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then if you if you give Meg like an inversion of that motif, then you can play both her motif and the deception motif together and it creates this 
this um, great sense of um, betrayal and love in the same, you know, melodic or musical idea. Um, and I think that that, that's, that can be something powerful to tug at your heartstrings. I think there's, there's a couple of songs in, in Disney animated musicals that I've discovered uh, generally many women love. And um, one is part of your world, mm. the song sung by the Little Mermaid, uh, her who wants song. Mm. Um, women just love that, mm. and I thought, oh, that's a nice song, but no, 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 that means a lot mm. to to a lot of women. Um, and the other song that does that is is Meg's song, and this, mm. you know, I won't say I'm in love, and yeah, I I think I I can see why it speaks to many women. I, I think it's a very powerful song. Um, my one regret with this um, movie is there's not many women in it. Yeah, that's we, true. We've got Hera, we've got uh, um, mm. Hercules, wow. earthly, earthly mother, mm. um, and we've got Meg and M. Tussle, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, well, we can talk about racial representation as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you're right in emphasising the, the gender representation because that's universal across all settings, that you always have both men and women in there, usually. And so it, it is important to have that uh, impact. And also because mother figures play a huge role in the type of story that we're telling, right? Mm. Like it's if it's a story not only about growing up but trying to raise someone, then you obviously need the, the mother figure there. And, of course, that love interest figure is really interesting. I think Meg is quite a um, an interesting character. Mm. Uh, and I think that I'm very glad that She's not plastic. Mm. Um, and I don't know where else you can kind of fit um, a greater role for a woman in this. I, I would like to expand the roles that are already existing. I'd like to see Hera play a bigger role. Okay. I'd like to see the Earthling Mother play a bigger role. Yeah. Maybe Hercules can go to them for advice, you know, mm. about love. Hey, I met this girl. <laughs> you know. I'm confused, and, and what should I do about all this? And There was a lovely moment where you saw Hercules' parents mm-hmm. benefiting mm. financially from Hercules' mm. fame. Mm. So they moved into a nice new house and had his golden chariot yeah. and things like that. And I think that that's a really touching moment mm. because Hercules hasn't forgotten his parents. Mm. He's honouring them mm. for raising him, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and the musical, of course, Panic and Pain, one of those could be a woman. That would be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you, you couldn't change the gender of the Greek gods. They they are what they are. And so, like, I was thinking you could have a woman uh, as Hades, but, yeah, no, nah, you shouldn't really because that's pushing the Greek mythology a bit far. You could have Persephone as a character. Yeah, you could. And saying that there's not a lot of women, of course, I'm totally ignoring um, the muses. Oh, who, who actually have quite a big role Massive in this role. movie? Yeah. Well, I mean, they don't—they don't really push the plot. They are—they are not more than narrators. Mm. Yes, that's right. But they are narrators, mm. and that is important. I think that's a—that's a fun trope as well. How does that work in a live action? Can you have songs as narration? In a live-action movie, does that? I think that might even work better than a normal Broadway-style song in a live-action movie because music in a live-action movie is instantly kind of distancing yourself from these characters because normal human beings don't sing. Therefore, you're like shocked uh, as a as a viewer, thinking, "Oh, I have to accept that 
they're singing now, but that's hard for me to do. And so you're emotionally a little bit more distant unless that music is powerful enough to, to draw you into that that song and that it's been set up enough and, and the story itself behind it is powerful enough. But narration can be a way into singing yeah. that is easier for a, a casual viewer to, to accept because it is more normal to sing about something than to sing your own feelings, right? Yeah, I was thinking that um, when, when you said, you know, would this kind of thing work in a movie? I think it would be fantastic in a movie. I think it would be, especially for these times, you can say, well, it hasn't been done much, if at all, in, in a successful movie. I think that's not a problem. That's not a barrier. In fact, I think because we're in such a postmodern world where we like to joke about um, the the making or the progress of, of a movie during the movie, mm. <laughs> by the movie. You think, oh, okay, here they are laughing at themselves, breaking the fourth wall, mm. um, and, and we sort of like that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that would be you know, entirely appropriate mm -hmm. for uh, the muses um, to go straight to the camera mm. and, and include the audience and draw them in and tell them the story and yep. make the set up and then say, hey, let's see what happens and, and away we go. Mm. Um, no, no, I think that would be great. Yeah, I think you're right. And in, in, in one sense, I think that Hercules is the live-action adaptation of a Disney musical that would actually really, really work because it is, in its storytelling, such a postmodern vibe. It's self-referential. It references, um, a bit like how the genie referenced modern events in mm, his day, mm. a lot of these yeah, characters are based on... Uh, modern things and so it, it you're laughing that these ancient Greeks are apparently using traffic lights and yeah. things like that right and so that style of humor fits very well into a medium which distances you f from the reality of the situation that's what a stage show could do that a movie couldn't because the good thing about a stage show is you can keep updating it night after night with current events oh. and so when we saw um, Aladdin in Disneyland um, <clears throat> number 10, 20, 30 years, 20 years ago, you know, they were bringing in, uh, the Aladdin character was bringing in jokes of, of that day, the political jokes. Of, oh. And it was just hilarious. Um, um, now, obviously, any jokes you make like that in a the movie, they're going to date. Mm. But on a stage show, you can keep updating those <laughs> as you go. I was interested to see, because there were so many pop culture references or even historical references um, in the Hercules animated movie. I was wondering and looking for any that were going to be dated, and actually there weren't that many. There's I, not that many. I was really impressed that the kinds of things that they referenced were things that have lasted. Mm. I think, again, if you're going to include those sorts of things in a movie, I think they'd have to be pretty iconic sort of things. For example, in the um, animated movie, they had a visual where they had... The st a constellation of stars um, in the formation of, of Marilyn Monroe, <laughs> um, you know, and her famous promo stunt over the, um, the heater on the footpath. And, yeah, that, that's so iconic. Yes, you could put that in or something like that in the movie. So I think it can be done. For me, it still it really works as a musical, and I think a big part of that are the songs that the muses do. Mm. Mm. I, I completely agree. I love... Um, the music 
in this that it's soul, mm. that there's that African-American music representation there. Even if they're a little bit stereotyped, maybe we can uh, bring a bit more authenticity to that in a similar way that they brought a little bit of African authenticity to the live-action stage Broadway production of The Lion King, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so in a similar way, you could bring a bit more authentic soul to this mythological story. Like I said right at the start, I would love to see this on stage. Mm. And I think if you get some authentic soul feel to, it's certainly to the opening and at different points, and I think that soul representation, the, the obviously the genre, but if you do it well, you could really draw a live audience in. And, and yes, it would become a little bit more of a concert <laughs> than a show. But that's all right, you know. <laughs> and, and I can just see, no, I don't want a mega mix, but I just, <laughs> I, just I can just see a, a good soul number, big chorus number, you know, drawing people in, and, and, you know, live audience in, and getting them to enjoy the music, the place, and, you know, leading into the story and, and getting a feel for these characters and mm. what the decisions they have to make and, as yeah. going and growing up. I think that that's something that I would like to see added is linking up the soulness of it to specific characters in their journey. Because I think, mm-hmm. looking back at it, I think the muses sang in soul and then Meg kind of sang in pop soul. It was way mm-hmm. more pop. Yep. And then Phil and Hercules sang in a way more musical theatre Broadway style. So there wasn't really that... You know how African-American soul singers, when they do ballads, it just breaks your heart, Mm -hmm. no matter what they're singing about, whether Mm -hmm. it's... But a chair is not a house, (laughs) and a house is not a home, and there's no one... You know, they're doing Mm -hmm. this whole thing. And or whether it's the the girls and sister act singing that uh, his eyes mm. on the sparrow, mm. a bit bluesy, you know, mm. right? And and so you've you've got that element that wasn't brought into this movie, you know, the mm. the the hairspray number. And I sound so white talking about hairspray, but the marching number that was yes. soul. Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah, yeah. they loved that one. Yeah. yeah. And you're allowed to talk about Hairspray. You did star in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, I think I'm not sure what, what the African-American take on that movie is either. But it, again, there's, there's a lot of movies that are about recon- racial reconciliation mm. that African-Americans will say, oh, that's such a white movie. Mm. Or like that movie was is about racial reconciliation, but it was for white people. It wasn't for the African-American community. Yeah, so I think a movie, a live-action movie or stage show focuses on the growing of this love. Yeah, I think that would be a better focus than, you know, the the tension between two groups of people and so on. Right. I think that the other plot point, if we're talking about what to focus on, that I think would work and um, is if Hercules never finds out the truth about Meg. Mm-hmm. But instead, he goes to rescue her soul, believing that she genuinely betrayed him. Oh, and wow. I think that yeah. that mm-hmm. is way more heroic. To die for your enemies, mm-hmm. is or your enemy, is way more heroic than yeah. to die for your love. Because mm-hmm. he's really dying for the sake of rescuing someone he's romantically attracted to. Which, you know, that is less heroic. I think. 
Yeah, yeah, I get your point. You know, you, what you were saying before about what kind of messages are sending to young people and, you know, a young lad meeting um, a mature woman and, you know, this isn't necessarily the best kind of message. I was thinking earlier that, you know, having a hero sacrifice his life for, you know, someone else, yeah, I don't know if that's the best kind of message you want to give to young people either. Maybe, maybe, it, you know, who am I? But I think the movie makers need to be careful and think carefully about the kinds of messages that they are sending. And I think, yeah, you're right. In terms of being a hero, yes, that, that would definitely stir people's imaginations. Mm, yeah. Uh, would you do that? Would you give up your life to save mm. the person who betrayed you? Mm. And I think that the fact that Meg went through betrayal herself is mm. something. And so what you end up with is well, the world is broken mm. and evil and it will hurt me, but I'm going to do good for the world anyway. Yeah. And I think that that's heroic, even without the Christian symbolism of, yeah. of dying to save yeah. your enemies. Yeah. You know? Even without the Christian symbolism of the reward of being a hero, you know how Jesus was rewarded for dying on the cross. Mm. He was rewarded with the bride of Christ, the church mm. being ransomed from their sin, and also for the glory, his glory, to be seen throughout the entire universe and enjoyed by the creatures that he created or that were created through him eons ago, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think, if, as you say, that Hercules, in a remake of this, chooses to save Meg, not knowing that she loved him or despite her betrayal, I think... That's a really powerful message, and I would love to see that kind of message come through in, in the movie. It's, and I don't, I don't see that kind of message come through in my, many movies. Yeah, yeah, interesting stuff. Thank you for having this conversation, Dad. Thank you for watching this movie with me, and happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good birthday present. I chose the movie. I love this, this movie. I mean, I've always loved the Hercules uh, mythology. Um, and making it a musical is just a win-win for me. <laughs> so thank you very much for Disney for making this. And, yeah, I really hope someone makes this into a live-action stage show first. But movie, <laughs> <laughs> movie, I, I, I would love to see this work. Yeah. Okay, thanks for watching. Oh, no, you weren't watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, enjoy the rest of your time awake. Is that a good night? <laughs> it's a good night for me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night.